Good morning. It's so good to be together on this Lord's Day morning. As a lot of you guys know, this year's theme is Sound Forth the Word from 1 Thessalonians 1.8. And several of you have encouraged me, have told me I don't uh, mention one of the resources we have to Sound Forth the Word. My, my buddy and I, one of my friends and I do a podcast called Bible Geeks, and uh, short videos that are out there, uh, study guides, things like that, and we try to tie it in with the themes of the congregation and make it uh, something that, uh, that, that gives usable resources that you can share with others. But this week, I was trying to coordinate. Uh, we, were, we were trying for the first time to have a guest on well we had our our wives on once but other than that we were trying to have michael on and uh we've got a three-hour time difference my my friend brian is in uh in arizona and i couldn't get a hold of him it's really weird usually i we were in contact pretty easily why is he out of out, you know not responding to me for a couple days i'm trying to make sure that that we're not going to have to push it too late and finally Michael and I just said, okay, let's just, let's just cancel for tonight and we'll reschedule. And then he texted me and said, oh man, just getting back into comms. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be ready for much tonight. We were trapped at the resort with a huge flash flood blocking off the canyon. They actually helicoptered us out. He was, and I, had, I should have known this, I had forgotten, he was celebrating his 20th anniversary in the resort in the canyon, in Grand Canyon, and they got flooded, and they couldn't drive out. In fact, their truck was part of the way out and uh, had to be brought out the rest of the way. I don't know if you can see it, but there are people up there, and this is, this is a picture of, uh, of just the, the raging Colorado River as it floods over and spills all over the place. And he said that was the road, and he said somebody wound up going back, hiking down, and bringing their truck back for them. And uh, so, what a picture, right? Can you imagine the Grand Canyon just, just being stuck with the Grand Canyon just filling up? And, you know, this torrent I'm, uh, just raging through that Great Canyon. But I want to talk about a different kind of flood. I want to think about a flood. A local living water flash flood. What, what am I talking about? Hopefully that'll make sense as we unpack it a little bit. We just sang a song where we talked about a different kind of desert. Not the Arizona high desert, but the desert of sorrow and sin. Desert of sorrow and sin. And we could add a lot more description to that, couldn't we? Have you ever been in the desert of sorrow and sin? I've been in the desert of sorrow and sin. The desert of separation. Separation from God. Separation from other people as I just dysfunctionally break down relationships and don't know how to reconcile it. Just of sadness, of shame. Just living with shame I don't know what to do with. And brokenness and hopeless helplessness, and fear, and death, and this, this kind of slavery 
where I don't feel like I have resources or access or clarity or, or power to choose what I'm doing. Like Paul says, I, the thing I want to do, I don't do. And knowing that there is an expiration date on me and I don't know and have confidence what's happening after, after that. It's a different kind of desert, right? It's a desert of the soul. It's a desert of a people that I think we all find ourselves in times. And there is a, a different kind of hope that shows up when we see. We want to, we thirst, we want to drink from the life-giving stream. The life-giving stream. Again, we could add some things to that too, right? The life-giving stream, the, the life-giving stream of eternal abundant life that Jesus offers. It's not just described as that which lasts forever, but that which is abundant and different in its nature from heaven, from the beginning, and lasts forever in all of its goodness and richness and fullness. And reconciliation with God and hope and peace and love and confident power in Christ and fruitful, fulfilled living and forgiveness of every debt, of every sin, of every thing that I'm carrying on my back. Beautiful picture. It's a picture that comes first before Jesus brings it up. It's in the prophets, and we see this picture. We could even go back to the picture of the water from the rock. But we see back, for instance, in Isaiah, just listen to these words, maybe picture it, two, two passages from Isaiah, Isaiah 35, verse 1, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and majesty of our God. A couple chapters before that, we see that it is the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God is present, when God's life-giving Spirit and power is there, it changes everything. In verse 15 of Isaiah 32, until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field and the fruitful field is deemed a forest, then justice will dwell in the wilderness. Righteousness abide in the fruitful field and the effect of righteousness will be peace and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. Result of righteousness will be peace and quietness and trust forever. Ezekiel has this picture in Ezekiel 47 where the, the whole end of the book is this measuring of the temple and there's this, this vision of, of a, a figure that's measuring and it's not the temple that had been destroyed by Babylon and it's not really the temple that's going to be built again. It's something else and it's it has to be exact, and he talks about the prince coming amongst and the priest, and 
And after he, it's all measured out, he's let out the side door because the door is closed. And he's brought around the side by this figure. And he starts to see water seeping out from under the door of the east gate. And as it comes out, it's measured out. And a thousand lengths out, it's, it's just barely something you wade in. And then a thousand lengths out more, it's waist deep. And a thousand lengths out more, it's a river that you swim in. And it keeps going more and more full. And then he sees, and, and the figure points out to him, look on the sides of the river. There's a forest. There's trees in the desert. And it reaches the Dead Sea. And it brings that dead, salty sea that nothing can really live in. It brings it to life. And it becomes full of fish and every kind of creature. And fishermen are in it. And there's, there's life everywhere from this stream, from the temple of God. Because from the presence of God and where he is, comes this stream. Now, is this bringing back to mind a picture of what we have seen throughout? That from God's people will gush forth this stream of living water gushing out of God's people and blessing a world in, des in a desert of sorrow and sin. This is the picture of living water. This is the roots of this concept starting to be developed. The thing is, we don't just want all of this for ourselves, right? We're seeking all of this, but not just for us, but for anyone around us that wants it. Anybody that desires. That's the promise of Isaiah 55. That's the offer of Jesus in John 7, 37. If you want it, come. If you want it. And in Revelation 22, 17, almost the last verse of the Bible, as we've kind of started here each time, the Spirit and the bride say, come. The Spirit of God is calling out. And the bride, the bride is who? 2 Corinthians eleven two 2 says the bride is God's people. Paul says to the, to the Corinthians, I betrothed you to Christ and I'm jealous for you because I betrothed you like a virgin to the one husband, Christ. Ephesians 5, of course, 25 through 31 beautifully paints this picture of the church and Christ in relationship like a husband and a wife in this unique fellowship and oneness and closeness and intimacy. And so the Spirit is calling out God is calling out. Anybody want this? And the church is calling out. It's here if you want it. And let the one who hears say come and take the water of life without cost. And so we talked in our first lesson about the spirit and the source of life. And we saw that trusting God to do his work frees and inspires us to do work with him. <laughs> Because I don't have to carry this. He's the major partner in this. I just have to say, come. And then as we looked at that picture, we saw the bride isn't holding out the water alone. The bride and the spirit together hold out the water. And, and when we 
say, come. The Spirit is going to say, come. And the thirsty will come and drink the water of life without cost. Eternal life. And so when we thought about the thirsty, we noticed, hey, we are in that verse. We're thirsty. We, we come with longing to God. And those who share the gospel best are those who know it's worth sharing because we keep coming back again and again to find the hope and the, and the blessings that we found once long ago or whenever we came to Christ. But tonight we want to, or this morning, we want to talk about uh, the bride. Think about what is ours to do. And my prayer is that God's work in us, in you, and in me, will spill into others' lives as you shine and share him. So point number one is right, what we keep seeing in each of these verses. Come. Come. It's an invitation. Come. And the invitation is not just for people out there it's for me. It's for you. And, and what we start to see as we study what Jesus said and, and, and what we find throughout these, these passages is it's not just once upon a time I came to Christ. Jesus is the source of life. And so I abide in him. In verse 9 of John 15, he says, abide in my love. You know what it means to abide? Settle in, you know, move on in, take your shoes off, stay a while, dwell here, live here, live in my love. And in verse five, he says, live in me, abide in me, stay in me, make your, build your whole life in me. Cause he says, I'm the vine, I'm the vine, you're the branches. All of my life is flowing from me to you. And without me, you can't do anything. But with me, there's fruit in your life. There's abundance in your life. There's fullness in your life. And so not once, but ever, always, we discover and rediscover satisfaction in him. You know, to be satisfied. I love Psalm 63. I was thirsting for you as in a dry and weary land where is no water. And then verse 5, in you I am satisfied. Like I've just eaten a feast with fat meats. <laughs> I'm so satisfied. Isaiah 55 verse 1 says, Come, anybody who wants, and drink the water of life without cost. And then he says, Why do you pay money for that which is not food? Why are you chasing after what doesn't satisfy? That soul satisfaction. He says in the next verse, Your soul may live when you come. Finding our our peace, our life, our hope, our purpose, our reconciliation in relationship with our God through Jesus Christ. And so we become like a floodlight in the night. So I'm switching the metaphors here, but it's still flood. It still has flood in it. <laughs> a floodlight in the night. You know, floodlights changed sports <laughs> because now we can have a soccer game or a baseball game at night. You put out the floodlights and they light up the night sky. And now it feels like, like we have all the light we need.
to run the bases, to kick the goals. We can provide a floodlight for people in the night. And so the way Jesus says it, of course, quite famously, like the song with your one little finger says, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Matthew 5, verses 14 and 16, Jesus talks about this, this idea that, that we shouldn't hide it under a bushel, but we should put our lamp up, put it, put it on a lamp stand and let everybody see it. A city set on a hill isn't easily hidden. If there's a light set up high, then we see it. And the point isn't be showy, because he talks about that the next chapter, right? Don't do your stuff to be seen by people. It's not about trying to show off with the wrong, wrong idea. It's about being open. Being out in the open as a Christian. This is who I am. Be out in the open living as a Christian doesn't mean you're twisting anybody else's arm to be, but you're just holding out the invitation and saying, this is who I am, and this is why. And you're not only open, you're intentional about shining your light, right? You're purposefully choosing, how can I act in love? How can I act in holiness? How can I engage in this difficult situation with my boss in a way that shines my light. And you're active, right? That's what he's saying. This, this light is held up. You're doing, he says, why? So that people may see your good deeds and glorify the Father. Why, why do people in 1 Peter 3.15 ask about the hope that's within you? Because they see something. You're shining Makes me think of that song. <laughs> My kids have been on a Disney kick. There's a song from Moana about being shiny. And we need to be shiny with the light of God. Or to go back to our original metaphor, to spill and splash, right? This is the same idea here. To spill and splash. Here's what I mean by that. In John 4, we find this other story about living water, right? There's Jesus walking through Samaria, and he sits down, the disciples go on ahead of him, and this is not where a typical Jew wants to hang out in Samaria, but, but there he is, he sits down, and he's, he's happy to be there, and a woman comes up to get water from a well, and he asks for water, and it leads to this conversation about a different kind of water that Jesus has on offer. And it is a conversation. There's many turns back and forth as each one speaks up and Jesus asks questions. Jesus makes thought-provoking statements that leave you confused. And, but he keeps going with it. And she sticks with it. And he says in John 4, verse 14, the water that I give, will give him, the one that, that comes to me and believes in me, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's the same kind of picture like we saw elsewhere. A spring. Here's what Leon Morris uh, said about this, this language. Those who receive it are permanently satisfied. Matthew 5, 6. The living water becomes in them a vigorous stream. 
you got to see in the, in the language here something that is like violently sprouting out. That is what the language is saying. The movement of a fountain, the living water becomes a vigorous spring. The movement of a fountain is brought out in this vigorous springing up or leaping. He notes that the NIV's welling up is inadequate. It doesn't give enough force. The word in a compound form is used to the formerly lame man leaping up, Acts 3.8. You remember that guy? Remember, he's like, Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. Arise in the name of Jesus. And he leaps up. <laughs> okay, maybe atrophy was a problem, you would think, but nope, he's leaping. That's what this water does, same word. Leaping up out of us, out of us. The life that Jesus gives is no tame and stagnant thing. It is much more than merely the entrance into a new state, that of being saved instead of lost. You with me? It is much more than merely the entrance into a new state, that of being saved instead of lost. It is the abundant life, John 10.10. And the living spirit within people is evidence of this. It is more than possible that the words are also an indication that the life within believers goes into action. Life has a way of begetting life. In other words, you know, you think of the idea of a current, whether we're talking about water or electricity, or you think of the idea of flow. What, what makes it a current or flow is movement. There is something going through us, like we sing the song, channels only. That's the idea. There's life in it because it's not stagnant. We have a source, and it's going not for us to hoard, like the Dead Sea, but for it to go forth. And there's life in that. And so Jesus says in Luke 6, this idea of, you know, it keeps pouring out of you. Like, it's a picture of filling up with grain, and it's like you're holding out your, your cloak. And he says he keeps filling it up and pushing it down, and it keeps spilling out. So he keeps pouring more in, and it keeps going out, and he pours more in. And that's a picture of forgiveness and loving your enemies, and seeking to bless those around us. It's a flow. It's a splash. It's a spill. It's a stream that flows from us. Remember what we said in the, in the first lesson. Jesus, on, and you remember what the Feast of Tabernacles is. They're bringing these water uh, containers from the Pool of Siloam and pouring them at the temple and bringing them, and it's representing that rock flow, uh, like at Meribah. And on the last day of the feast, Jesus stands up and says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Not because you become the source, you're the current, you're the channel. Jesus is still the source. And what was he talking about? Well, now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. There's this place. And you go to, go to SeaWorld, right? And the, they have, um, I don't know if they still have the orcas. I don't know. I know there was some controversy around this whole subject. But when you go and see these, these jumping um, 
creatures. We went to Indianapolis Zoo and saw the dolphin show. And you can come up front and sit in the splash zone. Caution, wet area. And we never sit there. <laughs> we don't even let our kids sit there because then you got to deal with the you know, slushy shoes and all that. But if you sit there, you just know you're so close to this filled up water container with somebody splashing around in it, you're gonna get wet. Are we splashing those in our splash zone? Are we splashing them with what we're, the good stuff we're getting from God? Like forgiveness, like love, like intentional, openly, active, actively blessing people. Are we are splashing on other people the truth that we've received that's changed us? Sharing the scripture, sharing the stories, sharing the, uh, the praise of God with those around us. Because it's not enough just to kind of passively shine. We want to actively serve and actively share. And I'm talking about speaking here. It's not just quenching our own thirst. You know what the woman at the well did right after she heard about Jesus? Verse 29 of, of John 4, it says... Um, the woman left her water jar, went away into town and said to the people, guess what word? Come. Come. See a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And in verse 39, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Told me all that I ever did. Calls back to mind what... Um, we see back in, uh, in John chapter 1, a few chapters earlier, when Philip says to Nathaniel, come, come and see the Messiah. Anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see. Peter, Andrew drug Peter. Jesus' second sentence, his first two sentences in the book of John are one, what do you seek? Pretty good question. What do you want? Second, second statement, come and see. Come and see. All our conversations about the Lord amount to a simple invitation. If you're thirsty, come and drink for free. An invitation is so powerful. An invitation allows somebody to choose. It allows the power of decision. It allows us to accept a no and leave a door open if, they ever, if there's some way we can help them in the future. Aren't you glad somebody said to you, come, life is on offer for free. You think about sounding forth the word, this passage that we are building our, our classes from, or our, our theme from, uh, it starts out, you became Im imitators of us and of the Lord for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia 
and in Achaia. You received it with the joy of the Holy Spirit in whatever condition, even in sorrow and difficulty. You received it. Not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need say nothing. You see that connection? Just like we're a channel. Just like the water of life. Just like the woman at the well. We receive and we send, sound forth. We receive joy and conviction and change and love and hope. And then we send it out. And this word for sound, sounding out has this idea of going forth in all different directions. So we might take this verse, as we mentioned in our first lesson on this, and think about Macedonia, Achaia. I'm probably not going to reach there very often. But as I think about this kind of from where they are to a little bit further out to everywhere... How about if we said, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Fort Wayne, in the Midwest, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. See, like we see from the beginning of Acts, geography plays a part. Geography plays a part in the spread of the gospel often. Though we can take giant leaps to Germany, to Africa, to wherever it is through technology or through connections. So we think about this idea of going forth. Uh, Adrian and I put together a map. I, I mentioned this last time. Last time I pulled out, we pulled out a big map and you put all of these things on it of what you are committed to doing, what your next step is. Here's what we're going to do next with this. We think about this word going forth. See, this map legend is blank. I have my handy label maker. That's Ryan's label maker. And, and Adrian and I, uh, probably Adrian, is going to uh, make these labels. And that'll be out there after services. Uh, and we're going to slowly build the map legend as we go through the year. And so the first two items that are going to appear here are where you shine your light the most. You can, you can put more than one on there, but where are you shining? And I want to ask you to take one of these and put it where you live or where you work, where you're shining your light, where you're engaging. You can see we've got Fort Wayne here. We may not be up to... Um, as far as we need to be for trying university, we've tried. I've tried to, to get it up there. We've got the great state of Ohio over here. Michigan didn't make it on, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but, but we have, uh, you can just paste, paste, just plaster the top if, it's, if you're not uh, accommodated there. And all the way around, look for it. And the, this, this orange-yellow is where you shine your light the most. And then I, I challenged you, I asked you, in the first lesson, to invite someone. Invite someone to a service, invite someone to our potluck, invite someone to a Bible study, invite someone in any way. And so, once you, the second item on the map legend is gonna be where uh, you invited someone. I'm gonna go ahead and put 
put the first dot on here, find my home area right up here. Okay, and then think about invitations, you know. Right, right near me, our neighbors, we've been inviting them. And then we've got, uh, Adrian is so good at using these cards. So I'm going to put a couple of yours on there. You know, she, every time we go to a restaurant, there's a personal connection and a story. Every time we go to, you know, the YMCA or, or anywhere that we're engaging with people, um, there's that level of connection. And so that's the first two items. And the purpose of this map like, well, okay, why, why, are we, why are we filling up a map? The purpose of this map is for us to start to think about each act that we do as meaningful and as making an impact in this area where we live so that the word of the Lord sounds forth in Fort Wayne and beyond. And I'm hoping that as we work through the year, we start filling this up so that we can have this encouraging picture in December of 2023 where a map has 200 dots covering. There'll probably be a lot of them up in here, but 200 dots all over. Every time we have a men's event, every time we have a study, every time we, we um, take a step towards uh, serving someone and connecting with someone, we can note it. So the word goes forth so that we can, as we've been saying, flood the fort and sound forth the word in Northeast Indiana and beyond. So how do we spill out the water? What can we do? Well, we can send out links and verses and videos and insights. We can ask people about their views and listen and engage. We can give those invite cards and, and Bibles. We have tons of free Bibles that are really, really um, nice uh, gifts. And, and the blessing bags we have and, and the booklets we have and other books that we've made available. And we can invite to our gatherings or to, to studies or events or services. We can share our praise, share our story, share our love. We can speak. Speak. And let the word that we carry create an open door for those around us. We summarized this in this lesson. We can shine openly, actively, and intentionally. And we can share God's offer in love. Towards the end of the Bible, there's this picture in Revelation 7 of the multitude. We studied not long ago about uh, this picture, there's 144,000 and then there's this multitude. And it says, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lord, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them. The springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. It gives me hope. It gives me comfort. This is the invitation God holds for everyone. Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If you haven't come to Christ, if you haven't died to yourself and been buried with him in baptism and risen again to walk with him in faith and obedience, 
If you're ready to come to Jesus, we invite you to come while we stand and sing.